Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. I want you to join me as we bring you a series that our pastors preached called Unstuck. Many believers find themselves stuck in a rut, stuck in sin, or stuck with sickness, disease, relationship issues, financial issues, or in a storm of life. You're going to hear from our lead pastor, Pastor Jackie Martin. You're going to hear from my son, Jared, and my daughter, Jasmine, as they share in this series called Unstuck. If you find yourself now stuck in a place where you can't seem to move forward, today's message is for you. At the end of today's broadcast, we're going to let you know how you can get prayer or you can get connected with God so that you too can be unstuck. Come go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Praise the Lord. Well, we're so grateful for those that are in the house and those that are listening to or tuning in. We're glad that you're tuning in as well. You are a part of this family, the body of Christ. Amen. Here at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship Church. People are joining us from all over the world. And for that, we are indeed grateful. And we pray that your time with us today, that God will bless you and he will encourage you and begin to really renew your strength. Amen. We have been in a series over the last couple of weeks unstuck and we're going to keep in in that vein of that series today as well I believe that God is layering on top of each one of these messages so that he can encourage the body of Christ and help us to grow even more so in our relationship with him I don't know about you but I can grow and I can go just a little bit deeper amen and I desire that of the Lord one of the things as a believer, you ought to want to be a lifelong learner in the Word of God. Amen. That means that each and every day, God just uh, just impart to me something new. God, just give me the Word of God so that I can continue to grow in the things of the Lord. That's what it means about when they say, let us flourish in the house or in the courts of the Lord. Flourishing means to grow, means to develop. And that's what God wants. He didn't want a stagnated church. I came to tell you, he don't want no church that's stuck. No, but he wants a church that is thriving, a church that is growing, a church that is maturing, a church that is causing his purposes and plans to be fulfilled in the earth. Let's pray as we go, before we go into the word of God. Heavenly Father, we bless you this morning. Can you church, can you help me? We bless you, Lord. We give you praise and we glorify your name. God, we thank you first and foremost for your presence that dwells in this place, Lord. And not only in the house of the Lord, but you're coming into somebody's home this morning. God, you're going right into that bedroom. You're going right on that job. You're going right in that car. But Lord, I pray today that as your word come, that you would impart into the hearts of your believers, God, that we will hear your word, God, that your word will fall upon good ground and it'll begin to accomplish what you've sent it out to do in our lives Lord as we lean in help us God to hear what you have to say Father open up our hearts open up our ears open up our understanding that we may hear the word of God and understand your word and have new revelation wisdom and knowledge amen 
For over the next few minutes, I'm going to be talking to you this morning from the topic of unstuck from the sin trap. Unstuck from the sin trap. So today I have some good news that I believe that you can use, that you and I are going to be tempted to sin. God wants us to be prepared to wage this war against sins. In other words, God doesn't want us to be defenseless, you know, but he wants us to be able to be in a position that we can stand and we can fight the war of sin that comes against us. He wants us to understand how the enemy will use your desires as temptations to lure you into what I call this sin trap. See, the sin trap will destroy your lives. It tends to destroy our way of living. It takes us down to a place that we never intended to go. It takes us in a direction that we never intended to turn. The sin trap will literally bait you in and suck you into a place of destruction even in our own personal individual lives. It just kind of sneaks upon us. And before we know it, we have a problem with sin. Sin ensnares. It entangles us. It keeps us from moving forward and being anchored in God. It puts us in a painful and, and literally a frightening, a, a devastating place where we are stuck in what I call this cycle of sin. Have you ever been stuck in sin and wanted to get free? And you didn't know what the answer was. But today I'm going to talk to you about getting unstuck from your sins. Let's look in a passage in the book of James. James chapter 1 uh, verses 14. This is what James had to say. James chapter 1 verses 14 through 15. It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. And then after the desires have conceived, it gives what birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Now what James was saying that each person is tempted. In other words, what he's saying is that you're going to experience some temptation sometime in your life. It's just a matter of when. And so James is saying that you are going to be tempted. And, and when you are tempted, that means that you're going to be enticed. You're going to have the urge to do something that you know that is wrong and that's not beneficial. You're going to have the urge to touch something that you know that you ought to not be touching. You're going to have the urge to say some things that you know you ought to not be saying. In other words, James was warning us and he was reminding us that temptation is 
is going to come. And then he says in that passage, and it says, when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and they are enticed. Now that word dragged away describes like some wild game being lured into a trap just as an animal comes and he is drawn, can be drawn to death by the attraction of the bait because you know bait looks good to an animal it's attractive temptation promise us something that looks good it promises you something that feels good but all the while it is actually harmful for us Say it is our own sinful desires that entices us to sin. James was saying, wait a minute, this is what I need you to understand. It is your desires, your own evil desires that will entice you to sin. See, the Bible says that the heart of a man is evil. It is deceitful. It is wicked. So even within this heart of ours, we have what I call a sin nature. And that sin nature desires things that is opposite from the will of God. Temptation will lead us to sin if we yield to it. Now, temptation in and of itself is not sin, but when you put yourself in a place of yielding, then you yield yourself to sin. Now, if we're a Christian, I just want to announce today that the devil cannot make you sin. Oh yes, he might cause you to be confused. He might put some bait out there. He might put some things out there that's going to attract you. But see, he can't make you. But what the devil is going to do, he's going to do everything under his command to tempt you to sin, to draw you away from God's plan and God's best for your life. So you have to understand you have an enemy that wants to defeat you, that wants to draw you away from God's divine purpose and plan for your life. See, God has a good plan for us, a good plan to prosper us. Oh, yes, he wants you to prosper. Oh, God wants you to grow and prosper in him. He always had a good plan from the very beginning. But when sin came in, sin came in with some destruction, trying to destroy the plan of God for our lives. But see, this is how Satan operates. You know what it's like to be, you know, when the, the a football coach, an expert coach, when he's getting ready to sign on another member of the team, what he does, he goes and study the film. He looks at the film. He dissects the film. He's able to look at what the weaknesses are, the tendency of of the player. He knows what the player can bring to the team. So that is the same way the enemy does. He examines you. He looks at you. He knows what is appealing to your eye. He knows you like him skinny. He knows you like him curvy. He knows you like him strong. 
strong. He knows you like a muscular. Oh yes, he knows what your appetite is. He knows what attracts you. He knows what you attracts your attention. He knows everything about you. He appeals to your evil desire to drag you away to sin. Sin leads to death. See, he's not going to tell you that. He's just going to tell you to get on in here. It's all right. It looks good. It feels good. It sounds good. But he will never tell you that sin will lead to death and separation from God. When we sin, we break our fellowship with him. See, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, the Bible tells us, it asks us a question and a candid question. It says, shall we continue in sin? But then the writer answered and said, no, God forbid it. God said, no, not so. You should continue in that pathway. So and what is it saying for us as believers? Yes, we have a sin nature. Yes, the enemy will try to entice us. Yes, he will try to draw us away. But he's telling us that we should not continue in that state of sin. Even if the enemy poses a trap for you. So the enemy desires to trap us. And that sin trap, what it does, the sin traps us by bringing pleasures. It tells us bringing pleasures for a season. It tells you that, you know what? It's okay. It's going to be pleasurable. Yes, sin brings pleasure. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it if we didn't have no pleasure, if there was no gratification in it, if there was no, you know, something that makes us feel good. But it tells us that it brings pleasure for a season. But that pleasure is short-lived. Then we have to pay the consequences for our sin. See, he don't tell you that it's this pleasure not that's going to stop. See, we get in it and we think, oh man, this thing is going to keep on giving to us. My needs are going to keep on being met. I'm going to keep on being satisfied. No, he don't tell you that it's just going to be for a short time. And that whatever you're doing, if it's going against the will of God, it's going to cost you something baby you gonna have to pay whether you pay now or you pay later it's gonna cost you something if you continue in that sin sin traps us by hardening our hearts by deceitfulness it hardens the heart of a man see sin is deceitful when we think we okay before we know it sin becomes just a little or no conviction about it it becomes small in our eyes we begin to look at it well you know I'll just get it right later it's a small thing then you don't have no conviction that it's coming when you are sinning. So it's deceitful. The heart has grown hard. When you can continue in sin, it is because your heart has grown hard towards that sin. You, in other words, what's happened as you've gotten comfortable. 
Oh, yes, you didn't got comfortable. You didn't got in the bed. Not only have you got in the bed, you didn't pulled up the sheets. And you said, hey, now come on, bring me some food. Satisfy me. You didn't got real comfortable in your sin. And so your heart becomes hardened. And then you don't have the same effects of sin. That trap that the enemy had set against you, you can't feel it no more. It, it, he just numbed your senses. It feels like... Like, you know, it feels good and it still seems like it is, it's going to be good to me. So I'm going to stay right here in it. You get in the bed with sin and you stay right there. Not only do you just pull up the sheets, you tell somebody, come on in, bring me some strawberries while I'm laying here. In other words, you entertain it. Sin trips of us up us by delaying the consequences and you know that's a sin trap that I think that often is used against us sometimes we have the attitude that it must be okay since there's no consequences. Oh, y'all know some. You, you did it. Oh, it, it must be all right. I, I'm saved. I'm sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I put my hand in a cookie jar, but there was no consequences. Nothing happened. I'm walking around. Seem like I still have my anointing. Oh, it looks like I, I still have my power. It looks like nothing changed. I'm still on my way to heaven, but my hand is in the cookie jar. See, when we can't see the consequences of sin... We will stay in it. We will convince ourselves that it is okay. And not only will you convince yourself, you will tell somebody else, girl, I did this, but nothing happened. Man, I did this, nothing didn't happen. You might want to try it too. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. I know what the old saint said, that you got to repent, that God is going to convict you and all this. Man, but none of that came when I was in it. So it's all right. We push sin. We become a pimp, a pusher for sin. We tell everybody else, yo, yo, you can keep on sinning. It's all right. God is okay with it. It will put you in this trap of delayed consequences. It's like setting a rat trap. You know the rat loves some cheese or some peanut butter. You put it in the trap and see what happens at the trap's door. There's the peanut butter or the cheese and, the, and then you see the rat. The rat is coming and the rat is chewing now on the peanut butter or is chewing on the cheese. But it didn't know if I keep on chewing long enough that I'm going to get to the point where this trap is going to catch me. But see, that's what happens to sin. See, that rat didn't know that there was a consequence of death that was coming. But sin will take you down a place that you never intended to go. And then you'll find yourself in a place of destruction, in a place where you have captivity. Sin traps us by seemingly omitting the consequences. In other words, what I mean by that, it will trap you by, it's not, in other words, see, Satan is not going to tell you what the outcome is going to be. 
See, it is deception in the greatest form. And for the believer, we are following the lure of sin. We're listening to the voice of the enemy. We're going in directions that God don't want us to go. We're doing things that God says no to. Oh, yes. We're walking. So what happens is when we do that, we are marking God. We're marking God. So the Bible tells us if we sow in sin, guess what? We gonna reap the consequences. Let me prove it to you. In Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 it says, do not be deceived. God is not marked. A man will reap what he sowed. In other words, he says, listen, don't be deceived by what the enemy tells you. Don't be deceived in your own flesh with your own fleshly desires. He says that God cannot be marked. And whatever a man sow it. He's going to reap it. You might sow something in May, but it might be two years from now, but you're going to reap, honey. The Bible says it, and the Bible does not love. And it says, one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. In other words, he's saying, if you sow to please those sinful desires from that same, that nature, you're going to reap destruction. And then it tells us the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. In other words, what he says, what you sow is what you're going to get. If you sow righteousness, you're going to get some righteousness. If you sow sin, it's coming back a hundredfold baby oh it's coming back it's coming back you did somebody wrong you thought you got away with it you repent but it's coming back it's coming back at you ultimately sin what it wants to do to us it wants to enslave us it wants to make us a slave so you're gonna you're gonna either be a servant to whatever you yield to either you're gonna yield to sin or you're gonna yield to righteousness you cannot serve two masters you can't serve both you can't serve righteousness and sin at the same time you gotta choose whom you're going to serve you're gonna serve God and you're going to walk in his laws and his commands or you're going to walk in his will and his way or you're going to just walk in the flesh and please the flesh and your fleshly desires. Sin wants to enslave you. See, when you get in a trap, guess what? You have no control of what's going on. Now you trapped up. You can't even get out yourself. The doors is closed on you. That's what sin does. You can't get out by yourself apart from God. You can't be delivered. You know, I was thinking about this morning and I'm an, uh, I am really behind physicians. I am behind counselors. I believe that some of us need to go and get some good counsel. But I also understand that you can't counsel out a demon either. There's an old hymn that says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, now save am I. 
You talk about being stuck in sin. That's what we all are until we receive the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin. Thank you again for listening to The Light of the World. You've heard one of our pastors giving you the word of God about getting unstuck no matter where you are. There are some of you who may be listening to us right now who feel like you can't move forward. You know the Lord Jesus Christ, but you found yourself in a place and in a space where you can't seem to break free. I want you to know there's freedom for you. You can call us right now on our prayer line number, 281-964-1393. We will pray for you and we will stand with you. We'll give your name to our intercessory team and we'll believe God will do something fresh and great in your life right now. If you would like to listen to today's message again in its entirety, you can get it on our podcast, The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to previous messages that you've heard on this station as well. Then join us for worship in person on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at 16161 Old Humble Road. Or join us online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.